Homeowner AF. Today, I have a Sudbury realtor, Emily, and I'm going to let her introduce herself. We're going to chat about the Northern Ontario real estate market and some topical things that are going on there right now. So Emily, welcome. Thank you very much for having me. I'm excited to have this chat with you. Yeah. So tell me, um, where are you? Where in the world are you? And uh, what do you do? Okay. Yeah. So I'm in Sudbury, Ontario. So for people that aren't familiar with where Sudbury is, it's uh, about four hours north of Toronto. Uh, So Northern Ontario. And yeah, so I work as a real estate agent here. And I've been in Sudbury for coming on 13 years now. I'm actually from Southern Ontario, but I moved up here for school and I love it. So I'm here Amazing. now. <laughs> and how long have you been doing real estate in Sudbury? So I actually started in the real estate industry um, around 2017. So at that point, I started as an administrator in the real estate office. I thought about getting my license at that time, but um I was pretty young. I want to say I was 24 at the time and I just didn't feel ready. And then they offered me a job at the office. So I sort of started there and it snowballed into where I'm at now as a realtor. So I've been doing this full time for about, um, this will be my fourth year now. Awesome. Yeah. That's a common story. Folks getting their feet wet, wet with admin, but then you end up having this like breadth of experience and seeing all these transactions, which is really cool. Thank you for sharing that with us. So let's get into a little bit about the Sudbury market. Um, I primarily work with first-time home buyers, so those will be the people um, listening. And actually, Sudbury has come up quite a bit with my clients, even who are based in Southern Ontario. Um, Can you speak a little bit as to why it's a good idea to invest in Sudbury, or if you're so lucky to be able to move, um, to actually live there and grow there? Yeah. So I think one of the reasons, and I've, I've as well met with people that have been from out of town looking to move to Sudbury. And for me, the primary reason for that is the average sale price is significantly lower than that of a lot of places in Ontario. So our average sale price in December, we sat around 415,000, which was down from our peak. We did reach up over 500,000 in March of 2022, but that was very high for for us. That tracks. Um, Before the pandemic. Yeah. Before the pandemic, we were like, it was I want to say around 265,000 ish as our average sale price. And so um, this is actually quite high for people in our community. They see it as, oh my goodness, prices have gone up, but people from Southern Ontario, they, they see that price as an opportunity to build a life that maybe they wouldn't be able to build where they're from. And with remote work, people see it as a great opportunity. And Sudbury also has uh, the industry to support families. Um, there's a lot going on up there with the um, the medical school. We have the mine, like everything, um, yeah, like all these jobs absolutely. to support folks moving up, right? Absolutely. Yeah, our mining industry is actually really unique here. It's um, very robust. And because we have such significant amount of resources, it's something that really carries our city. And um, it's... It, we're we're actually a hub for the mining industry here as well. Like it's a, it's a very big part of our um, 
part of our economy and it makes our market more robust than maybe some other markets because it's something that's quite steady. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's, there are jobs here and opportunities. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm so I'm from Timmins, Ontario, mm-hmm. which is then four hours north of Sudbury, yeah. also a mining yeah. community. Um, but yeah, there's a and there's a lot of folks that I know who have moved from Timmins to Sudbury because of its proximity to um, industry and different things and even closer to the big city, Toronto. So it's yeah. kind of a, a sweet spot for folks who are looking for affordability and people who are looking to invest and then rent out their primary property, which Brings me to the way that we connected. You did a great reel on Instagram. And if you're not following uh, Emily on Instagram, what's the handle? Uh, SudburyRealtor.Emily. <laughs> Love it. So SudburyRealtor.Emily, she had posted something about house hacking. And this is something that, uh, especially last year in 2023, I had so many conversations with my first time buyers, especially about house hacking, because it really unlocks a world of affordability and qualification because it gives you more income. Uh, Can you tell us a little bit high level about what house hacking is? Sure. So house hacking, simply put, is just using a portion of your primary residence to generate some kind of income, which is going to help you with affordability on month on a month month basis so usually that looks like maybe renting out an apartment in your house um maybe even just a room or maybe multiple apartments so if you're going to purchase a property that's maybe a triplex or a fourplex and live in one of the units you're going to have a great you know amount of income coming in to support your um your lifestyle and it also comes with other benefits like your tax benefits as well where you can write off certain expenses related to the property um and as you know it helps with your qualification for a mortgage as well because you can qualify for more because you can use some of the income towards that so it's been a great opportunity for you know not everybody is a, is a fit for that but um a lot of the first time home buyers that feel like they're jumping too much and you know in their month to month costs can see this as a great opportunity to start building equity but live a comfortable lifestyle as well so yeah mm-hmm. so when we're looking for properties that can be appropriate for this kind of maneuver i know there's a couple of things that we need to look for personally um or on my end, the finance end, if we're looking at qualifying for somebody somebody for a mortgage with that income, we need to make sure there's a kitchen, there's a washroom, there's a separate entrance. So those are things that you want to keep in mind when you're looking for properties. Um, is there anything else that you would tell first-time buyers to look out for when they're looking for a property that would be appropriate for this? Um, I mean, other than that, like that part is very important as well. Um, I think on the when I'm out on the ground showing properties, I'm I'm also looking at areas as well and making sure that because particularly if you're going to be living in the property, you want to make sure that you're comfortable and that you're able to get, you know, good tenants and and uh, and be in a good area if that's what you're looking for. There's there's different types of people, obviously, right? And you some of them you're going to make more money maybe on something or be able to spend less on the property in an area that's a higher rental sort of community and maybe lower on the, you know, a, a lower income sort of area. But that's something that I bring up right at the beginning to decide what sort of area that you're looking for. And and that's that's a very important part of the process as well. And 
Mm -hmm. And in the same vein, um, wanting to be comfortable, parking is another thing. Personally, I rented out a basement apartment in my first home and we were so lucky to have a three car um, driveway, which was great with a little kind of side driveway for our tenant. You don't want to be jockeying cars and you may not have that relationship with your tenant, right? So that's also something. And in Sudbury, the snow, I mean, there's snow removal. You can be able to be on the street all year. So um, that's something else to keep in mind. And you touched on something that if you want um, a really good rental property or a very in an area where there's a lot of folks who want to rent, you may need to scrimp on aesthetics. You may, if you're living in the property, it might look a little bit different than what you imagined your family home to look like. And I was in that situation um, a few short years ago, but the magic for house hacking is, A, you get into your property, you get into the market, B, you build equity, and then C, you take that property, then you can put down a minimum down payment on another home Mm-hmm. and live in that home because it's your primary property and you have two sources of income now. Well, you have two income generating yeah. units. Mm-hmm. So that's really the beauty. If you're looking long-term, it's a little bit of short-term pain. Yeah. A huge long-term gain because imagine what kind of house you could qualify to buy with two income units pouring yeah. into that, right? Exactly. So that's a yeah, strategy that a lot of people thinking use. about it, like you said, long, more long term. And I think there's a lot of people that that want to come in and they feel discouraged because they can't afford maybe the house that they want right off the bat. But if if you tell them like, OK, if you could do this for a few years and know that it's going to set you up to get where you want to be and they think about it that way, they're willing to sort of make that, like you said, that short-term sacrifice to to maybe live in a not as aesthetically pleasing place. And you've got to share the, the driveway and the, you know, share some walls with some people, but it is worth it in the end. And that's, that's how I started as well. Like we bought a duplex and lived in that apartment and had our tenants above and it was either way it's building equity, right? That's the goal. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So talking about maybe unconventional ways to get into the market, another thing you posted about, Emily has great content, by the way, um, (laughs) is the $10 building lots being offered by the municipality up in Cochrane. So Cochrane is a small community um, in Northern Ontario, and it was a buzz on the internet maybe about a month ago that they were offering these lots. So can you tell me a little bit about that? Sure. So yeah, again, Cochrane, it's, it's not necessarily too close to where I'm at either. Like it's actually four, four and a half hours, I want to say north of where I am in Sudbury. So for people in Southern Ontario, it may feel very remote, um, but they are offering building lots for $10. Um, I think the usual cost for these lots is around $50,000 to kind of put it into perspective. There hasn't been a whole lot. I have tried to sort of follow up with it and see if they're putting more information out. I haven't seen a whole lot, but from what I understand, they're looking to grow their community. They're looking to have people come and move to the the community and like, you know, just build up their their population, more of a primary residence, build business and that kind of thing. Um, they're also offering tax breaks to the people that are buying these lots moving forward that, that, that I can see as well. I believe it was five years they're offering. Um, so wow. they're incentivizing people and uh, it might be a good fit for some people that 
that are looking for, you know, a different lifestyle and um, a bit of a break on, on the cost. Yeah. It's just what it's interesting when these opportunities arise, because um, people say there's no affordable living, there's no affordable real estate. Well, I mean, there is, you may have to literally rearrange your entire life, but if that's the goal, if that's the ultimate goal, then there are ways um, to, to access these properties and these pieces of land. But again, it's going to look a little bit different. So, um, and something I coach my first time home buyers on is mindset, because, um, if you come into the process with a fixed mindset, then you are, it's 2023, 2024, you're highly unlikely to be successful in home ownership. Um, so do you have any, um, advice that you could give to first time home buyers, maybe in that vein or anything else that you share with your first time home buyers that's helpful in such a really tough market? Yeah. You know, mindset is a huge part of it. I think that's a huge part of it. And, and for people in my area, it might look a little bit different than the conversations people are having in, you know, Southern Ontario and places with a higher price point. Um, here I am seeing a lot of first time home buyers having success and being able to get into properties because we have opportunities that might not look sparkling, but they're there. And that's, that's not the reality for a lot of, um, a lot of places. Right. And, um, so we're very fortunate to have that, but I would just encourage people to, yeah, to have a positive mindset, to know that even if they see, um, the results of their pre-approval now, and they're not necessarily super happy with that to continue to push and pursue that and make the changes to make it happen. And that may look like moving to a different city. It may look like house hacking. Uh, it may look like, you know, saving up for a little while longer and that is okay. Right. And it's just having the the positive mindset to know that you can do it. I think that, and this isn't true for everyone, but I have seen, you know, people have the mindset of, Oh, the house is, they're so unaffordable and I'm never going to be able to get there. And then they just live their life as if they're never going to be able to get there. And you know what, if, if that is your mindset, then you might not make it because you're going to be spending your money elsewhere because you've already given up on the idea of home ownership. So if you decide that it's something that's important to you, have the mindset that you can do it and work towards making it happen in whatever way that can be, whether it's just, you know, yeah, you might have to get creative. <laughs> Yeah, I love that word creative because truly yeah. that's if um if you're still around after the 2023 market, you're probably a creative individual. So yeah. Yeah. um I would add to that actually also to get the process started um mm-hmm. and to have all the information. I speak to so many first-time home buyers who, oh my gosh, the biggest thing is I think I need 20% down. And especially somewhere like Sudbury, where the prices are lower, like you can get something for 350. I did um a deal there. They bought a house around 350 yeah. and they thought that they needed 20% down. I said, oh, you need 5% down. And when you look at the monthly affordability, it doesn't make, at that price, it doesn't make a huge difference. Well, they were, these first time homebuyers were so excited and yeah. actually it expedited the, the time that it took them to buy a home and they got a really good deal because they got in before the rush of multiple offers. Exactly. Yeah. And, and that, like you say, yeah, talk to someone, don't assume that because you hear in the news and you hear other people talking that it's impossible, 
don't just assume that it's impo- impossible. Look into it, speak with someone, like speak to a realtor, speak to a mortgage broker, and you may be pleasantly surprised as to what is possible for you, right? So yeah, that's mm-hmm. a really good point for sure. So let's chat a little bit about the first time home buying process. So once I obviously you're going to ask for your um, client to have a pre-approval, are there any other things that they should have in place before they start looking for a home or before they contact the realtor? Um, before they contact a realtor, I, I'm okay with being contacted right at the beginning. I like actually that. Um, and, and then we sort of, yeah, the mortgage broker and the realtor, whoever goes first, that's fine. But I think that is the best first step for me on my end. What I'm kind of going over is making sure that they understand the closing costs associated with it. Anything that they might not have heard about or been, you know, been educated on. I'm making sure that they're aware of all the costs associated with the process and ongoing costs as well, because not everybody knows what sort of ongoing costs home ownership comes with. It's not just maintenance, you know, you've got your utilities and taxes and um, just informing people about these things. And then talking to them about what they're monthly expenses are going to look like and what they're realistically comfortable with, even, you know, pre-approval or not, right? They want to make sure that they're comfortable spending the certain amount. So numbers are first. And then we talk about what, you know, what areas are we looking at? What kind of lifestyle are you looking for? Um, And so that we're not looking at areas that don't fit that lifestyle. And, and that's, that's sort of the first couple of steps, I would say. Uh, and then from there, I think just getting to know them and, you know, we'll, we'll work together and start looking at places and they'll learn pretty quickly what would be important to them. Wants and needs. Yeah. Yeah. That's so helpful because um, what I hear on my end from especially first time buyers is a kind of anxiety about the process, about not knowing um, right. what's going to come next. So I always try to impart on my clients and whoever's listening to the podcast that um, it's important to work with a professional that you feel comfortable with and mm-hmm. to ask, hey, what's the process going to look like? Or, hey, wh- what do you do? What does my broker do? What does the lawyer do? Like, where does that yeah. all fit? Please ask those questions. I it's Usually when my clients ask, they say, I'm sorry, I don't know. And I say, stop apologizing because that's literally my job. But really, and if you're talking to somebody like Emily too, you're, the professionals you're working with are going to guide you through every step of the way. So there's no yes. need to be anxious to start, right? Yeah. And I really try to like, you know, meet with my first time home, any home buyer. I try mm-hmm. to meet first because it can be very easy, at least on my end, to kind of just meet and then we end up going to house to house and I start sort of trying to talk through the process while we're looking at houses and I don't find that works as well like it's nice to sit down have the buyer consultation and go over all of the questions right up front and like you said what happens first what happens next who who handles this who handles that what do I need to know and just go over all of that at the beginning is definitely the the way I handle it. Yeah. <laughs> Information it before yeah. execution, I would yeah. say. And yeah. I think that really goes a long way at the 11th hour when you're like offering and yeah. things are happening very quickly. At least you have that. Um, By the way, you know, we need to put a deposit and oh, this is, you know, like. Right. And like the oh, deposits yeah. for, and this is how much it is. And this is what happens if the offer doesn't go through. It's better to explain these things at the beginning. And I reiterate it again, but 
they need to know those things. They don't want Absolutely. to be have a surprise, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And closing costs. So Emily did mention closing costs. If you're wondering, ooh, how much is closing costs? Lender wants to see 1.5% of your purchase price in your bank account before they will fund your mortgage. But I advise, depending on the home, 2 to 4% of the home's purchase price should be saved just in case and to cover yeah. all of the costs. And then more if you're not a first-time buyer because you're getting a break on the land transfer tax. So sure. um, yeah, those things are all important. And incentives, you want to know about the first-time home buyer incentives and how those apply to you and where those apply to you. Is it your accountant, mm-hmm. your broker, your lawyer? So much to think about. So get all the information, folks. Um And that actually brings me to the end of all my questions for you, Emily. Um, But is there anything that you'd like to share uh, with the audience or tell us where we can find you? Um, No, that's, I mean, that's been a really good conversation. And I think, yeah, I think that, that we did cover quite a bit. Um, And I hope that people feel encouraged that it's not, it's not as scary as as they might think. And if you just speak to someone and get the process rolling, even if you're not ready, at least you know what you're looking forward to and what, what's what got to be done to make it happen. And I think that I would encourage anyone to just reach out and talk with someone. Yeah, if that make a plan and execute. Yeah, one of your long-term or short-term goals. It's just good to get the ball rolling and speaking with someone. So yeah, if anybody is in Sudbury and looking for a property or looking to learn more about our market and what we have to offer, um, you can reach me. Maybe the easiest way would be through Instagram because I have a handle there and you can contact me through email and phone and everything. You'll find it from there. Uh, So it's sudburyrealtor.emily on Instagram and you'll also, you know, find me find me online if you just google emily sorelli realtor sudbury i'm sure i'll come up (laughs) awesome and thank you so much for dropping all of those little northern ontario gems very close to my heart and i appreciate the conversation thank you for joining me today thank you very much